drink beer. Think beer. You're listening to Broodlands. There is no such thing as a bad beer. It's that some taste better than others. From some guy named Billy Carter, who is supposedly a beer promoter, <laughs> which is the most generic title that you might be able to have in the beer industry. Welcome to episode 106 of Brew Bloods. Aren't we technically beer promoters? We are, but I don't know that we would ever get recognized for any of the very spare quotes that we've ever issued on this show. Yeah, well, that's true, but his is pretty spare, too. It is, but I don't know why it ever showed up on the internet. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, so uh, do you feel that that's uh, true, a true statement, that there is no bad beer? No, I think there's bad beer. For I sure. think I think Rogue's Lemon Cruller might have something to say about that. Yeah, I, I definitely think they have a lot to say. <laughs> I think about we've that. had a few beers in the show that might have something to say about that. I think a lot of beers out there in general have a lot to say about that. Yeah, I think there is definitely bad beer out there. And let's let's stop acting like uh, all beers are equal in taste. So maybe not equal, but uh, yeah. like they all have some merit. They don't. They don't all have merit. So Billy Carter is a moron, basically. Yeah, screw you, Billy Carter. Yeah, exactly. Go f your mother. And why do you even have any cred? Exactly. You shouldn't. Why have are any you cred. out there? You know what? I'm withdrawing your cred, Billy Carter. <laughs> get get off the internet. If you want to uh, reestablish your beer promoting cred, you can start promoting this podcast. Yeah. Well, then then we will say you're awesome, Billy Carter. That's the only way you will ever reestablish your cred. But since you're not going to do that. I'm going to say you're not awesome. You have no credit at the Bank of Beer. <laughs> right, exactly. My name is Mark. I'm joined by my uh, constant companion, Dustin. Constant. My constant companion here time. for Rublois. We've been here for 105 previous episodes, <laughs> and now we're on 106. Back in the media room yet again. We are. Somehow earned a pass to come over twice. You've been allowed in my house two it's weeks in, in a row. It's yeah, amazing. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, that's true. We actually had the maid come clean the house, Q Vivaldi, <laughs> uh, this week, so it felt appropriate that we'd Man. let you back in the house. Last week, you were quarantined just to this room. That's true. Because uh, the rest of the house was an absolute disaster zone. <laughs> disaster. It had been over a month since the maid had been here last. And <laughs> it's when you have three dogs, a cat, and a bird, it's, it's really tough to keep up with the level of hair and dirt that and, enters this house. And Mark ain't going to dust or vacuum. So oh, he, God, he has, no. to, he has to wait until the maid comes. I have no time for that. No. Oh, yeah, of course. No, I'm waiting on uh, I'm waiting <laughs> in my... Um, he has no very, time for basic household chores. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, all I have time for is to uh, pay my very muscular butlers yeah, that exactly. come and clean this house once a month. You have time to pick out their outfits. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. but that's, that's fun. Oh, right. That's like yeah. an 80s montage of fun, like picking out the outfits. <laughs> right. I have them all try on like a, a lacy dress, a fancy <laughs> tuxedo. Yeah, which, uh, which hyper-color thong are they going to put <laughs> exactly. on? Exactly. So it that, changes colors as they get warmer. <laughs> that's what we settled on was the hyper-color thong. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It goes from blue to pink. <laughs> that makes sense. So let's talk about uh, allegedly the top 10 beers chosen by beer enthusiasts, generic, across the United States. This is according to Business Insider. Uh, generic. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a pretty well-known publication. I think this might be fake news. <laughs> it might be. But no, we, we actually reported this on the uh, Brew Bloods uh, email newsletter. Yeah, we did. Which I know you don't subscribe to, so. No, I don't, but I did see. Well, you forced me on the email list, so mm-hmm. I did see that. That is true. I didn't subscribe, but you put me on there. That's true. If you want to subscribe, go to brewballs.net, click on Brews in the News, sign up. We will never sell your email address. <laughs> we just send a nice wrap-up of beer news at every, almost beer news every Friday. Beer you can use. Although I've missed this Friday and the, this past Friday and the week, Friday before that. But, yeah, you know. But, you know. I do my best. On occasion. It, it, well, I'm surprised. This came out July 6th. So, if you missed all those days, how did you possibly include it in the list? Or in well, the this uh, came, email newsletter? This article came out, but they were late writing. This came, this came The actual list came out. Two oh, weeks ago. So you're way ahead of Business yeah, Insider I, is what you're saying. They don't call me Scoop for no reason in the beer industry. <laughs> you scooped uh, Business Insider. You, you can find me at Scoop on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, look that up and yeah. see who that is. Scoops Callahan is my name. 
All right, all right. So all do right. we want to just uh, run down the list here? Let's run down the list. I mean, I that makes say. the most sense, right, since it is a list? It is a list. 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? Uh, I say we go 10 to 1. Oh, you want to keep it exciting, do you? Yeah, no, let's, no, let's go for the, keep the crappiest to the best. All right. Per all right. whoever created this list. I like the cut of your jib. Yeah. So uh, number 10 is a well-known IPA, I would say, pretty much available in maybe all 50. Right. Uh, and that is the Ballast Point Sculpin IPA. Gotta say I'm surprised by this. Not that Sculpin is a bad beer. I'm surprised that it's included on the list by... Because Zimager Magazine, who produced this list, is the official magazine of the uh, American Homebrewers Association. I mean, you, oh, yeah, okay. wouldn't you expect such blowback to knock Ballast Point off the list? I mean, yes. To knock them off, yes. I to agree. knock them off. It may be... I mean, it's a damn fine IPA, but you would expect that... Uh, the anti-big beer hysteria would have booted them off the list. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Ballast Point is a very good go-to beer that a lot of sure. people can get. Um, I, I don't have any problems with it being on the list, but based on who created it, which I thought was Business Insider until you just told me. Mm. But yes, based on who it would created help, it. It would help if you read the article. No, you know, I just saw it was a because list and I saw where it was. The very first paragraph, or second paragraph says, for 15 years, Zimmergy Magazine, oh, yeah, it does the say, official it does magazine say. of okay. the American Homebrewers Association. <laughs> I just looked at the list. I skipped all that and just went right to the list because I was curious <laughs> who it was. So, I don't have a problem with it being on the list. Do you, Mark? No. I mean, it's fine. I don't know yeah. that I would include it in my top 10 uh, of top 10 beers in the country. Um, but, you know, it's a damn fine IPA. But what's the criteria, too? Is it widely available IPAs? Or is it just, I think it's just top 10 beers. IPAs. Well, but because, beers. you know, to tease ahead, uh, Heady Topper's on the list. That's not widely available. True. Okay. So, fair enough. So, th- there was a tie at number nine, uh, number slash eight. eight. Oh, okay. So, you, uh, so, eight and nine are, you know, you have no number nine. You have a tie number eight. All right. Uh, the first one is one that I definitely have loved over the years. It was one of the first really good uh, craft beer IPAs that I ever had, and that's the Celebration by Sierra Nevada. If you have not had that, Mark, I don't know if you have, but if you haven't, you should try it out because it is, it's a really solid IPA. I've had it, uh, but I can't speak to it because I haven't had it in such a long time. Okay. I was probably three, four years old last time I had it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly I don't have any recollection of the beer. So I remember your mom used to put nipples on yeah. beer bottles, and that's you yeah. would suckle down craft IPAs, a- actual back. replicas of her own nipples. Right. Well, uh, yeah. I didn't know it was she any detail. Oh yeah, they were they were full on uh, straight up cast molds. <laughs> right. Well, that's put them on top of a beer bottle. I guess someone. Uh, I guess that's good information for someone. <laughs> I I was not aware of that. And, I, uh, I, I, I could have gone without knowing that. I see the bulge in your pants. It's well, fine. You know, that's that's just from being here <laughs> and being allowed in the media room. True. Uh, the other number eight is one that came up recently in the beer group. Oy that, vey. Uh, oy, to, <laughs> oy to the effing vey with that group. Yeah, the DFW beer group. And that one is the Deschutes uh, Fresh Squeeze IPA. Now, that's not a bad IPA. It's a little bit more unique because it is a little a little citrusy, yeah. obviously based on the name. Um, but I don't know that it would make it would make my top ten. And I like Deschutes. I, I don't either. I, I have to agree with you. Um, top ten beers in the United States? No way. No way to the Jose. Um, it's, again, a good IPA. That, and and to reference what was happening in the group was that somebody brought up, because Bells is pretty new to Texas, right. um, somebody on our local uh, beer group had asked, oh, has anybody had this beer? Like, I mean, come on, Chief. Right. You're on a craft beer group. Um, but I didn't think it was that good and didn't live up to the hype. And... You know, comment after comment was essentially equivocating it to a drain pour, and then yeah. oh, too hard of ale is what it's we're fine. talking about. Yeah, too, yeah. I'm sorry, too hard of ale. Yeah. yeah, that too hard of ale is fine, but uh, it's not as good as X, Y, or Z. And somebody's was saying the Deschutes Fresh Squeezed was a much better beer, which I gotta disagree. It's not again, I not disagree. a bad beer. Yeah. You know, any of these on the top ten? Since I have seen the whole list, I don't know if you have, but 
I think they're all good beers. Sure. But it's just, it's where you want to put them. Yeah. Um, I, I just wouldn't put Fresh Squeeze that high. I think the shoots. The shoots has other things that are better than that that could have yeah. made the top ten. And I honestly, I think I've I haven't gone into detail on this list, but I, I previewed it. I think there's a little too much weight given to IPAs in general. I know it's definitely been the trend of the last few years, but I think yeah. there's a few too many IPAs in this list that I you know than than there should be. Right. I mean, there's some very notable ones as we'll go through here, but yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. So um, again, they had another tie. Instead of having number seven and number six, they had another tie and listed them both. There can't as number be six. seriously. There can't be an exact even vote. I know twice, twice. Uh, yeah, that, that seems even a if they're split by one vote, one of them is number seven. <laughs> right. One of them is number eight. One's number nine. It's easy. I totally agree. Now both of these number sixes are beers that we have rated very highly sure. and reviewed on this podcast. Uh, number six is the Alchemist uh, Heady Topper, as you mentioned before, uh, and the other number six is the Founders uh, KBS. Both. Both of those, I would say, I could possibly put in my personal top ten. I would agree. The uh, Heady Topper it definitely belongs on this list. Absolutely, it's a very sweet, clean, uh, beautiful IPA. <laughs> it is. It really, it's it's well balanced, well attenuated. Um, I mean, go back to that episode. It was it was a, a damn fine beer. Yeah. Really good representation of IPA. I've got no complaints about with that whatsoever. Uh, the oh, KBS. Yeah, the only the only qualms I have a KBS. I love KBS. Don't get me wrong. The only Monoquans were this year. I didn't feel like it was as good of a beer. Now, that's true of any, a lot of bourbon barrel aged beers, is we found this with Lakewood. Some years are better than others. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I was a big fan of the Lake of Tempers 2012 more than the most recent. For me, too much raisin flavors yeah. and lace but that, that happens. For me, yeah, it was the, the 2015 uh, bourbon barrel Temptress was the yeah. best one I've had. And, and then it, this year, it wasn't quite as good. It's, it doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, when you start talking about these top beers, you're kind of... Quibbles. Yeah, you're picking nits here. And the other, I mean, the yeah, other thing I'll say about, about KBS that I found is I don't feel like it ages well. Because I feel like it loses, yeah, it, it loses a lot. Like, I've aged a couple of them for over a year. It loses a lot. No, I think you should drink them probably in the first yeah. six months you get them in, in general. Which I know that's the goal of most brewers is they want you to drink it right away. But yeah. a lot of you know, those BBAs, you're supposed to be able to age them quite a while. Yeah, that one true. doesn't age so well. That's my that, minor quibble. It's a really right. fantastic beer, especially once it warms up. But yeah, but I, I definitely think those both uh, belong in the top ten. Uh, number five on the list is also wonderful, which you have not experienced yet. I don't believe I haven't. Uh, but this is from uh, the brewery we just mentioned earlier, which is Bell's, and it is their Hop Slam. Uh, that unfortunately for this year, it came out right before they came to Texas, so you're gonna have to wait till next February, March, sometime in that time frame. Um, but yeah, it's a they they mention uh, grapefruit and and some other things in here that you might not be a big fan of, but trust me, the the hops balance that out. Uh, it's a great double IPA, and um, anybody that has access to the Hop Slam Ale should definitely pick that up whenever it comes around. I would definitely put that. As I recall, I will try it again next year when it's actually actively available again, which it's been at least five or six years since I've had it. If it is as good as I remember. It would be a top five for me, for sure. Yeah, I, I haven't even seen it on the shelf. I've got a bottle of Uber on up there that I haven't Well, like I said, yet, you wouldn't get it here because it was already done by the time they started distributing here. Oh, it's a seasonal okay. thing. I, right. It would help if I listened to you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, number you want, can you oh, rewind and replay the entire yeah, exactly. for me? <laughs> we are recording straight to the tape, by the way. <laughs> straight to dat. Yeah, move the reel-to-reel back. Yeah. Uh, number four is not one I've had. Because uh, we don't get it here. Yeah. And, and that's, neither of us have been to... Uh, um, the to Indiana, the Midwest area, uh, <laughs> right. Indiana or Chicago, right? Uh, where the you can frequently find these Three Floyd's uh, Zombie Dust. Um, I'll just assume that it's good. I don't know. I, I, I don't know anything reviews, about any Three Floyd's. I'm honestly surprised it's not higher than the next beer. Yeah, the next beer. Um, 
it's funny. There's a couple of breweries that keep showing up on this list, and this goes back to Founders again, and it is the Breakfast Stout. I think you and I have very differing opinions on the Breakfast Stout. Not that you dislike it, but I think I rate it a lot higher than you do. I, I love when the Breakfast Stout comes out every year. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm willing to give it another try. I just think, so far, the amount of acclaim, like, every time you talk about it, there's, like, mental fireworks going into your head. Literal and mental. That's true. Figurative fireworks. They explode out of uh, my hole. It's, it's like a, in a, in a volcano of ejaculate from you every time you talk <laughs> about true. it. Especially the first time I had it, I was like, all right, it's, yeah. it's a stout. I mean... Is it a well-balanced out? Sure. But it deserve, does it deserve to be number three on this list? I don't think so. Um, I don't know if I'd put it number three of my personal overall beers, uh, but I do think it would make the top ten because I, I do love it. it. It's To me, this may be sacrilege, but this list kind of agrees with me. I might like it a little bit better than the KBS, depending, especially depending on the year. This year's KBS, I think Breakfast Stout's better. Uh, you might be right there. I, I'm willing to get. I haven't had it in over a year. Yeah. I just. Th- I feel like every time I've had it, the amount of acclaim it gets, I felt like it's overrated. Yeah, I don't I think I, it. it's never. You know, blown the pantaloons off. Sure. And so many things do. They're easily blown yeah, off. They're always blown. This off. does not. They're basically like breakaway pants. Anyway. Yeah. Exactly. They they pretty much are <laughs> kind of weak snaps that just pretty much fall apart. Yeah. A, a hint of a walking. good beer, they fly off. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. They pretty reveal much. my uh, rhinestone bedazzled uh, thong. <laughs> And but, legs. I mean, you haven't yeah. actually. Oh yeah, but it has my legs too, of right. course. Yeah, it's glued yeah. onto your actual skin. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't. I don't know. It, I'm not saying it's a bad beer. I just don't know that it deserves to be number three in the U.S. Yeah. by any by any stretch. Uh, yeah, that may that may be a little bit highly rated. Again, I, as a breakfast beer, all right, I can yeah. go there. It's mild. It's not again not uh, not a strong flavor to me at least. I don't yeah. think in any direction. So it's not overpowering. I can get behind that. I it's the chocolate it. coffee mix. That makes it a really solid breakfast time As beer. As a breakfast gonna, beer, okay. Yeah. But And it's creamy. Uh, I, all right. Well, yeah. Moving on. Well, we'll have to visit that again moving at a later on. date. Uh, the top two, I think we'll both be in agreement that they probably both belong on this list. Now, number two is uh, one we did review when we had uh, Felipe 13 go ahead and mule those to us in his butt, and I appreciated right. it. Um, I don't know if that added to the flavor or not, but who knows? No way to know that. Uh, it's also one that I actually had directly, uh, oddly enough, at a Hilton Hotel bar uh, in the middle of San Francisco. They had That's it on random. tap. They they had Bud, Bud Light, Coors, and this, which is Pliny the Elder. Really strange mix. Hey, but that, that's nice, though, considering most Hiltons, the one I was most recently at in Phoenix, the most luxurious of cities, <laughs> right. was oh, some crap-ass pale ale yeah. like I'd never heard of. Not to say it was bad. It may be fine, but it was a pale ale... And which my em- employment companion complained was too bitter. Yeah, of course. Like whatever. Uh, and then I had a, a guy mansplain next to me about alpha acid and hops. About that's what makes it bitter. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Um, and which my same my same work companion also can, can you mansplain to another man? <laughs> well, bro, bro, explained. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that he uh, my my work companion also said that. Uh, there was never a good IPA produced below the 38th parallel. Which is complete which and is, utter trash comment. Which is what the Willamette Valley in South? Maybe maybe San Francisco South. I can't remember the exact yeah. where the 38th is. That's but, a garbage comment. Yeah, he said there's never been a good IPA produced south of the 38th parallel, which is but just... Besides all the stuff in Texas... Bohunk. How many people love Cigar City? That's in Florida. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's yeah. ridiculous. Well, he and I... 
we did not. The Jai Lai is like a well-known, yeah. we did not very popular IPA. I was like, I almost flipped the bar. I almost literally went yeah. to that bar, up, got a you know <laughs> a drill, and uprooted the entire thing. Right at that moment. Yeah, I wonder if uh, I wonder if Russian River falls below his parallel. But yeah, I'm speaking of number two, Russian River. Uh, no, I think. I, I think he actually probably would like this one. I think he included that somehow uh, oh, okay. in his in his BS comment. Northern California. <laughs> where was Russian River? Northern California, right? Uh, yeah, it's it's north. I believe it's north of San Francisco. Yeah, okay, it, it's so. uh, it's close to San Francisco. Uh, geography is fun, right? Um, yeah, it definitely deserves to be on here. Now, I think I think uh, boy, my favorite beer in the is. I don't know if it would be number two. It might be number three. I know that's a minor shift <laughs> in positions, but. Right. I just think this list is overly dominated by IPAs. Uh, personally, it I is. think there's so many other styles that have really, really good representations on the spear. Um, but I know IPA is the hotness and has been for a decade now. So of this beer, or just in be- uh, in the beer community. Uh, what do you mean? What I'm sorry. <laughs> the way that you phrased that was a little awkward. That's All right, how, what to wit are you referring <laughs> to? Wit to what? When you just said, uh, I think there's a lot more other styles that could represent this beer. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant to say I think there are <laughs> a lot other styles. That should be represented on this list. Yeah, I would agree with that. That was sorry. It was a bit of a brain fart stroking that moment there. <laughs> That's true. Okay, uh, but yeah, for me, Pliny is you know a top, probably top three or four. Yeah, it's great. Uh, IPA I've ever had. Only had it twice. Damn, so, damn good beer. Yeah, I think I've had it like five times. Just oh, rubbing your face. Uh, I've like, also I've also had their single IPA, which is uh, oh my gosh, can't remember the name. Something pig. But uh, that one is also really, really, really good. Um, those are the only things I've had from Russian River. I know they do a couple other things. They do, I think they do an oatmeal stout or something along those lines. But uh, Pliny is obviously, and Pliny the Younger, if you can find it, which is impossible, it's supposed yeah. to be great too. But uh, yeah, I, I think this should definitely be on the top 10, no doubt about it. Yeah. And number one, uh, we go back to another brewery that we've already been, we've already visited. And I think that this one does belong in the top ten list as well, and that is Bell's Two Hearted Ale. That to me is, gosh, you know, outside of a couple of local ones like the Community Mosaic, um, which I which I absolutely love. I even think I'm drinking the Deep Ellum IPA right now. I like that one a lot. But in comparison to Two Hearted, for me, it's between Two Hearted and Community Mosaic IPA. Those are the two IPAs I go for now that we actually have access to Bells. Right. If I'm going to just pick up a random six that I'm going to drink somewhere, those are the ones I go for. So I totally think it, I totally think it belongs on this list. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I would put it number one personally. I think uh, Hetty Topper is still my favorite on this list. I think it would be, if we're just going off this list, I think my number one would be Hetty Topper. My number two would probably be Pliny. And number three would probably be... Uh, hmm... <laughs> Maybe 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 two hearted. It would be a, it'd be a toss up between two hearted and uh, KBS on this list. Probably depending on the mood you're in. Depending on the mood. Depending on the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's not a bad list for me. Uh, I would probably keep uh, man on this list. I might put Pliny number one, and then I'd probably put two hearted number two, and then after that, uh, it'd probably be the breakfast stout for me. And then Hetty Topper, probably number four. I, I love Hetty Topper, but I, I like I actually liked Too Hard a little bit better. Hetty Topper's great, yeah. and I, I would definitely pick that up in the rotation a lot. But, yeah, I, I, I think I would put those above it. I'll tell you what would make the list, though. I don't think Sculpin would make my top ten beers in the U.S., though, by, by any stretch. No, I don't think it would me either. I think yeah. there are too many. And like you said, a lot of these are really widely distributed beers. That's why I'm surprised. Every other beer on this list is widely distributed except for Hetty Topper. Hetty Topper. Yeah, KBS and is I guess a limited zo- run. I guess Zombie Dust is yeah, pretty limited. That and, too. and KBS is limited. It's widely distributed, yeah, but it's limited. But 
again, widely distributed versus yeah. limited. You can at least find it yeah. nationwide in most states. Yeah, and true. Apparently yeah. in mountains of quantities in Sweden. <laughs> right. I don't. I definitely wouldn't put Sculpt on this list. No, I think Sculpin's the weak entry. I mean, in fairness, at least it's number 10. And surprised again, no blowback by the Homebrewers Association. Yeah, that's Very true. strange. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to try Zombie Dust if someone wants to send it to us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll I, give it a try. I think we can we can probably uh we can probably get access to it, I bet. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh Johnny B up in Michigan. He's probably got access to it. Yeah, true. He said he was gonna try to get us some of the War Pigs McKellar, uh the uh what are they the <laughs> the one they're opening up in Chicago. He's gonna get us some of that. Oh, okay, great. Uh it's the the three Floyds and McKellar's War Pigs. They're, oh, sorry. McKellar and uh, three floors are opening up a War Pigs location in Chicago. Ah, okay. Sorry. Okay. So he's going to try to he's going to get us uh, one of their first beers. So he might be able to get us some of the zombie dust if we ask for it. We're talking to you, Johnny. We're talking to you and Nikki Bay. She's on the East Coast. So she can probably get us some True. more of that heady topper. Yeah. Um, this last trip that I took that went through Washington and Boston. I do want to say Boston has some of the best berry flavored beers. You know, blueberry, raspberry, that kind of stuff. Mainly blueberry though. Um, but man, it, it is so. And they, they put them in basic things like a blonde and, and other things like that. And I had a couple of those up there. Man, they're great. I wish we I wish we could get more of that stuff down here. More fruit beers? Yeah, more fruity beers, yes. Where you Maybe can drink fruit. More uh more lambics. Is that what you're were they lambics uh, or it's they not just, even a lambic, it's just, just putting a, them in random regular beer styles? Yeah, they just put random fruit in uh, you know, regular style beers. Are these like, from like local pubs, bucket breweries? Uh, a lot of them are from like Connecticut and Vermont and, and okay. right around the area. Uh, I don't think many of them were from Massachusetts proper, but right. it, it was just different because, you know, you go around to several brew brew pubs or whatever around here, places that have 50 taps, you don't see hardly any of that. On occasion, depending on the season, you'll see a few. Yeah. But that was, I mean, you go to a place for five or six taps, one of them was some kind of berry beer up there. That must be a thing up in the Boston area. Was it like that Dr. Pepper commercial, berries and cream, berries and cream? <laughs> it was exactly like that, yes. Of course, it's berries and cream. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, speaking of berries and cream, uh, we're going to be talking about Firestone Walker today. Uh, uh, I don't know how that's speaking of berries and cream, but yes. Just go with it. Just, just uh, roll okay. it. Uh, good transition. <laughs> we've never uh, we've never talked about Firestone Walker before. We've probably talked about them, but yeah. we've never had one of their beers on this show today. We have not. Uh, so right after this, we're going to get to Firestone Walker. Hey guys, Josh here just to let you know, to remind you, to get the word out, to put it in your brain that no matter when you're listening to this podcast, Thursday is right around the corner. What's so significant about Thursday? Well, at Thursday at noon, you get to tune in and listen live to Liquid Lunch. Join myself and Catherine Contreras from She's Crafty Podcast as we join forces to bring you Texas's live midday craft beer show. It's the only one like it out there in the entire world. We're live. We take your calls at 713-678-0070. We have on the best guests in the craft beer world from the state of Texas and beyond, and it's just a fun time. You'll hear what you're eating, what you're drinking. We'll get the latest in uh, news and craft beer goings-ons, promotions of all the latest happenings, and you can be a part of the show with us each and every Thursday at noon. LiquidLunchShow.com is where we're located. Also on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel, streaming live video and audio. Your choice. Come join the party. Kick off the weekend, Thursday at noon, liquidlunchshow.com. That's Liquid Lunch. We'll see you there. Yeah. 
Firestone Walker. So what do you think of Firestone Walker, Mark? Do you have a general general statement on the brewery? I'm, I'm assuming it's one you don't go to much, right? Um, only because I just haven't had it much. Yeah. Not that I, I don't dislike them by any stretch. Uh, when I was in Phoenix, I had... Boy, I'm forgetting the name of their pale ale now. Uh, I had it at a fancy steakhouse there. and The pale 31? Uh, no, it was a pale ale. Okay. It was a reddish... Hued, at least in the light of the steakhouse, a uh, reddish hued pale ale, and it was it was pretty good for pale. Ale. I'm not that a big could have been all fan. the Cavs blood they had all over the lights. <laughs> it could have been, yeah. They they probably drenched the entire beer glass in Cavs blood <laughs> right. right before they wiped its its ass and sent it through the kitchen. Now my uh, my original thoughts or my original exposure to Firestone Walker was actually uh, through people like Real Distraction, uh, our friend on Twitter, right? Uh, some other po- some other folks that have had it in other locations that got super excited when it came to Dallas, which was probably. What maybe three years ago now something yeah, somewhere around that. that. Um, I, I had no basis to know them. You know, they were a California brewery that just hadn't been here, and I just yeah. hadn't. Even when I'd gone to California, I'd never thought about seeking them out because I would say in my exposure to California, which is not extensive, but you know, I've been there four or five, six times maybe, and gone definitely to places that serve beer. I haven't seen, I haven't seen like a ton, a ton of Firestone Walker taps. Yeah, and I would say that's true in general around here too. Even though they're distributed here. You don't really see too many kegs of them uh, around. Wow. And to me, uh, you know, obviously they're doing fine, but that limits their exposure to their expanded markets because I think a lot of people would be willing to say, well, let me try that and see yeah, how it is. I agree. Opposed to buying like a six-pack of it. No, they're not on taps around here at all. Yeah. And I, I've never, I mean, I think the biggest problem was you always hear about the special releases, um, the Velvet Merkins and the... Uh, right. There's one I have, and I can't remember right now what it was, what it was but... A lot of that, those those special releases sell out so quickly, and so I haven't bought any of those bottles or many of them. And the other bottles, I just haven't been real tempted to pick them up on the shelf. I tend to go, not to be an elite or whatever, but I tend to pick up more local stuff when I can. Sure. Um, outside some outside of some real uh, true uh, ones that I often go to, like some Odell or something like that. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't. It's the same thing for me. I mean, you know, yeah, other you, than like bills or something. Getting habits and, of and buying some things. Stuff. And, yeah. yeah. And I just haven't been that tempted to pick up Firestone Walker. I've heard nothing but good things about them. But uh, hell, that's part special. of the advantage of the show makes me, you know, delve into other yeah, breweries exactly. that I wouldn't have otherwise. Exactly. And I, I feel like a bit of a charlatan saying I haven't had that much Firestone Walker. But uh, considering how much acclaim they have in the industry, but you know, that is what it is. Yeah, they do. And man, I don't, I don't front no game on this show. Yeah, that's true. You do in life, but not yeah, on the but show. not here. Yeah. Um, now Firestone Walker will have the brewery description here shortly, but just. Might be an interesting note to you as well. It was actually started by uh, two or a brother and a brother in law, or a brother in law, and uh, two guys with a, br- a person and a brother in law, which is kind of a weird. That's, that's an overly complicated description. Yeah, it was, but it, it's <laughs> it's really strange though to think that you know right when right when your sister gets married off to some guy that you go out and start a brewery in your family vineyard. You know, yeah. it just seems like kind of an interesting an interesting mix, uh, an interesting pairing that could go really badly. But apparently it went really well so with them. So it was them. brother and brother-in-law? Well, not brother and brother-in-law. Or brothers-in-law? Yeah. They're brothers-in-law. You know what I mean. Yes. Yes. That, that's, that's true. Or that's correct. Yes. And one of them is uh, Adam uh, Firestone is actually known as the bear, and David Walker is known as the lion. Hence the actual uh, 
logo that comes on all of their all their beers. So if you wanted to know why there's a lion and a bear, that's why it is. All right. <laughs> so some of their beers that are popular out there that are widely distributed, um, and I, I believe they're in about 20 states at this point. So they're they're getting up there. Um, their number one overall rated and reviewed beer is their Union Jack IPA. Uh, they also have the Double Jack IPA. Both of those are 99 and 100, respectively. So pretty highly rated stuff. Uh, they also have the uh, Double Barrel Ale, which is pretty commonly uh, available as well, and that one's sitting at a 75. Uh, they have the Jack Black Rye IPA, which is 100. Uh, the Pale 31, which I thought is the one you might have had, which is a 90. Uh, the Parabola, which is another one that is rated 100. The Velvet Merlin, uh, which is the ni- which is rated 97. Uh, that is a stout. Uh, excuse me. The uh, Parabola is also an imperial stout. And then they have the uh, Pivo or Pivo Hoppy Pills, which is rated a 90. Uh, they have a couple. Of, they have one other one in there that's retired, but want to mention the ones that you can actually get a hold of at this point. So. Based on that, and based on my limited exposure to Firestone Walker, which uh, for me has been the DBA and has been the Union Jack IPA, I do enjoy both of those, the times that I've, I've actually had them. I picked up a couple of singles at that very tiny artisanal shop known as uh, Total Wine, where they have uh, you know the IPA section or uh, the Pale Ale section or what have you, and um, I've tried those, and I've, I've enjoyed them. And so would you say outside of the one that you had on this last trip, have you have you picked up anything here before? I mean, just according to this list, no, apparently okay. not. Okay, I thought I had, but uh, I, boy, I have apparently no experience outside of. Which, by the way, the one the one I had in Phoenix was the double barrel, so I was wrong. It wasn't a pale ale. Oh, okay, yeah, the it DBA the, is pretty pretty commonly available in one yeah, of the more it's popular an ESB, beers. So yeah, I'd, I'd had yeah. that. I thought it was pretty good. I'm not a big ESB fan either, so yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just based on the acclaim, this thing better. Literally blow my skirt up. And well, I'm, I'm wearing a denim skirt right now. <laughs> the funny thing is, the one you picked up is their lowest rated. It's yeah. only rated as well. It was only. It was only. I didn't pick it up. It was the only one available. Well, yeah. at the restaurant. But I'm just saying. Yeah. It's, yeah. So you've had their lowest one, <laughs> yeah. and, you, and you thought it was okay. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty if, good for uh, for an ESP. Yeah. So if you like that, uh, you know, you should you should expect something good here. Now, the one I picked up for this show, like you said. They have a lot of special releases that come out that are only available in short short amounts of time. And this one uh, I picked up while I was picking up one of the Abyss releases from Deschutes. They happened to have it up there. I guess it was released that day. I had no idea. They had three of them left. Like, yeah. They said, do you want to grab this one too? Like, uh, yeah, sure, why not? And uh, this one is the Bravo. And apparently... Named after Johnny Bravo. Yeah, exactly. And apparently this is a... Pretty sought after beer year after year. Um, it's in a style that I normally wouldn't go after, which is a brown ale. But I've had good brown ales before, and this is a very highly acclaimed brown ale. So I would expect I would expect this to be pretty. And solid. we've had some bad brown ales. We have See had some. the Sweetwater Hoppy Brown Ale. Yes, we have definitely had some bad ones. Yeah. Um, now this Bravo is quite the quite the ass kicker at an ABV of thirteen point two. Uh, this is just a 12 ounce, one 12 ounce bottle, so I don't think you're going to get slosh mark or anything in this, unfortunately. Uh, it has an IBU of 44. And uh, the description is a single hop, strong brown ale, uh, brewed using the hop variety Bravo. So that's another hop variety that I don't know if many people know about. Uh, I wasn't necessarily aware of it before this, to be honest with you. Uh, this beer is then aged for up to a year. And is that Citra? Circa? Oh, sorry. It cut off. <laughs> Up to me. year in Circa 1990s used Heaven Hill barrel, bourbon barrels. Sorry, my phone completely froze there. Okay. 
Uh, okay, we're back. And they, on here. they're barrels dressed in hypercolor shirts. That <laughs> they're constantly playing kid and play songs. Right, exactly. Now, Heaven Hill barrels. You oh, know, why, oh, why. everyone knows those are highly sought out, uh, yeah. sought after barrels. So it's I, you know what we should. I feel like now after all the uh, BBAs that we've had that have been in Heaven's Hill, in Heaven's Hill yeah. barrels, we need to get a hold of some Heaven's Hill and like see. <laughs> Is this stuff really... What's the deal with this stuff? Yeah. yeah we need to have a whole... Com- like a stand-up series about what's the deal with Heaven's Hill Bourbon Barrels. Is it actually that great? I mean, it must be like up there with Pappy Van Winkle or something. Oh, yeah. It's got to be like suckling on an angel's boob or something. E- either that or it's like the most widely available like you can buy them for two bucks on eBay. It's like the off of bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be one of the two. They, right. they, they're basically the bourbon barrel of Zima or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So this beer's rating gets pretty high ratings. A beer average gets a 94. Uh, out of 100, Rate Beer gets a 99 overall and 98 in style. And Untapped, it gets a 4.22 out of 5 with almost 3,700 unique reviews. That's Pretty good little reviews for this beer, for the yeah. Johnny Bravo by Firestone Walker. Yeah, if Beer Advocate gives you over about a 90, you're doing really well. Yeah. Uh, anything, you know, 98, 99, 100 on Rate Beer, obviously good. And then Untapped, kind of that four that 4.0 threshold. Yeah. If you're over that, it should be in the phenomenal category. So, again, by the time this show's over, I should have no skirt left. That's true. It, it should be disintegrated. So, will my squirt be disintegrated after that? We'll find out after this, I We guess. will find out shortly. Firestone Walker was founded by the team of Adam Firestone, the bear, and brother-in-law, David Walker, the lion, in Santa Barbara County in 1996. Originally located on the Firestone family vineyard, Firestone Walker eventually set up shop in Paso Robles in 2001. That same year, they purchased the facility once used by SLO Brewing and expanded its production capabilities. Firestone Walker has grown to become the fourth largest brewery in California and the 16th largest craft brewery in terms of sales volume as of 2014 in the country. Their production level in 2014 was 151,000 barrels of beer. They're also one of only two breweries that maintain a commercial-sized Burton Union system, which allows for fermentation in oaken barrels. Firestone's most popular, easily accessible beers come from their line of beer series. They include their DVA, a British double barrel ale, the Pale 31, a California pale ale, the Union and Easy Jack, their IPAs in this series. The Pivo, a Hoppy Pilsner, and Velvet Merlin, an Oatmeal Stout. The BJCP for an American Brown Ale is the overall impression is that it should be a malty but hoppy beer frequently with chocolate and caramel flavors. That's a weird <laughs> sentence. Yeah. The hot flavor and aroma complements enhances the malt rather than clashing with it. Okay. So, uh, this is an Imperial Brown Ale. We have done too many of those. No, we've done a couple, but usually ones we've done have been flavored with something else. Yeah. Uh, kind of like they said, frequently with chocolate and caramel flavors. I know we've done yeah. a couple of chocolate ones. Uh, I don't even know. I would probably say the chocolate beer from Rogue that we did was uh, brown ale based, I believe. Uh, there, there, we've done a couple of them, but I don't think we've done too many pure brown ales. Now, do you remember the, let's get to the you know label appearance and, and price point in this. Do you remember how much you paid for this beer? Uh yeah, I want to say it was around fourteen, okay. thirteen. Because I, I feel like it's something we don't talk about enough on the show is you know value compared to price point about what you should get. Yeah. And one thing about Firestone is that they always do, almost always, especially with their special releases, they put them in the fancy boxes. They do. And uh, the box isn't that different from the bottle, except that the the rear of the box has like an encyclopedic uh, wealth of knowledge on the back That's about true. the beer itself. And I'm not gonna. You know, You're not going to read that whole thing. I'm not going to go back and read the entire about, about thing. About seven paragraphs. Uh, but there's a lot on there. It's a cool box. It's got a. It's got the big old bear on one side and a line on <laughs> the got other. Got the line on the other. Yep. Uh, fighting each other, and um, it says the uh, ideal aging temperature is 45 degrees. 
Uh, it says that it is aged in retired oak bourbon barrels. So there you go. Huh? Well, kind of like That's we talked about. It's their anniversary ale, basically. Right. Yep. Uh, there's a lot more there. You can go buy a bottle of Bravo for yourself and uh, or Google you, it. You probably can't read it. You can read. You could go look up images and probably find it. You could have your mama read you a nice bedtime story by reading the back <laughs> of the box for you. Um, right. Do you think that? Uh, do you think that having putting it in such a, a fancy little uh, brown paper box kind of classes it up by beyond the point of uh, value, maybe, or maybe it puts a little too much of a price point on it? Uh, it probably puts a little too much of a price point on it, but. That's okay. It, because I feel like, and to me, again, not a lot of experience with Firestone, so I'm not going to have too much comment here, but it's a lot like scotch yeah. compared to Irish whiskey. Scotch is always in the fancy can, you know, canisters to dress it up a little bit, put some, put a pearl necklace on it. Well, you know, it's kind of like our local Lakewood with their bourbon barrel temperature releases they put yeah, on the boxes. Yeah, but that's one release. No, no, I'm just saying with these fancier releases, I think a lot of breweries do that. Ninkasi did that with a couple of their fancy releases. Their, their, uh, their ground control. control. Yeah. So, you know, it's not uncommon. I'm going to say I it's uncommon, it's, but, I'm, but I'm it's, common, it's, it's common for Firestone. Yeah. I don't think it's uncommon across the industry. No, it's not uncommon across yeah. the industry. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, I, I don't, it, I, I, I'd be fine with them dropping the price point yeah. and not doing that. But, hey, if that's their... I mean, for for an anniversary beer, okay, I yeah. get it. But maybe some of the others, maybe we don't put them in cardboard boxes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Let's maybe take off the the bow tie from the tuxedo. Yeah, dress it down you a know. Bit. But then you also have people I mean, like, come on, guys, it's Casual Friday. I'm going to kick the mob back up, and then you yeah. have people like Prairie who you know charge ten, eleven bucks for their regular true uh, regular releases, and true. don't put it in a fancy they don't. box. That's true. So, they make know. no qualms. They're just like we're the mob. We're just going to put a They're gun up like, to your, it. To your we're, cage. We're, we're making it twelve dollars. Right. If you don't like it, don't buy it. You're going to like it, absolutely. Yeah. So the appearance of this beer, uh, well, and, and by the way... Those, start with aroma, right? I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, the uh, the aroma on the beer, but let's get the label. The label's not that different from the box itself. Uh, no. The standard Firestone um, label, and it has things like OG and uh, uh, IBU, uh, how many cases were produced on the front, and tells you about the beer, but it's not very decorated. It's a little bit more plain, actually, I would say, than yeah. even some of their other ones. Their other ones are a little more colorful. Yeah. Uh, but I guess they make it stand with the box. Yeah, Make absolutely. it stand out with the box. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, Roma uh, should be moderate, malty, sweet to malty-rich Roma with chocolate, caramel, nutty, and or toasty qualities. The hop aroma should be low to moderate of almost any variety that complements the malt. That makes sense. And some interpretations may feature a stronger hop aroma. Uh, in this case, it is the Bravo, the Johnny Bravo hop, but uh, I don't, never can't say I've had that before. Probably have, but just wasn't aware of it. <laughs> now, this one's going to be a little bit different because it's you know aged in Heaven Hills barrels, which your standard Moostrol or something is not. So it falls a little bit outside of the regular brown ale, and I definitely get some of that aroma from the barrel aging. It's a distinct thing. It's something that you get from any bourbon barrel aged release, I think. Um, yeah. And it's definitely present. And there's definitely a brown ale aroma on top of that. So it's it's actually a very pleasant pleasant mix. I would say there's a little bit of caramel note in there. And, yeah, I like it. It's We're drinking these out of snifters, as Firestone prescribed we should. Um, it's very sticky sweet, very boozy. It's it got is. a heavy booze quality to it's it. It's boozy and sweet. Um, almost, it's very candy-like. On, on it is. Like um, a little bit of raspberry candy, like it kind of reminds me of uh, banks by credit unions back in the day. They'd have those little uh, candies. They're wrapped up kind of like red pineapples. They're like a raspberry flavor. Kind of yeah. reminds me of that. No, it's very specific. That is very. But specific. it kind of reminds me of that. Um, to me, it's almost like a 
a Werther's candy or something. It's but it's, you're talking butterscotch now. You it's eat. sweet, but it's not. Yeah, but I'm just saying it's that level of sweet to me. It's not overly sweet, but it's prominent and it's it's very notable. Butterscotch is pretty sweet. Uh, I don't know. It depends. Depends. What butterscotch world do you love? I'm just in? saying. Like, when you say sticky sweet, I think of something really sugary. I don't. I don't think it's really sugary. Uh, really? Sweet. No, I, I don't. I get I get fruity sugary all the way there. Just, I don't get any raspberry out of it either. Uh, so. Maybe cherry, maybe more cherry than raspberry, but it's it's like I get more chocolatey, caramely uh, aroma out of it, especially caramely. That's right. the first thing that comes well, to mind. We encountered this last week. Let me sniff your beer real quick. Well, this is the same bottle this time, so we shouldn't have that problem. Or is it? The audience doesn't know that. <laughs> nope. Still smells like cherries to me. Yeah. I, I don't get that It at smells all. more like cherry chocolate to me. Okay. Well, we're, our noses are differing on that for sure. Are they? I thought we had the same nose. <laughs> Now, so appearance... Appearance should yeah. be uh, light to very dark brown color. Should be clear. Low to moderate off-white to light tan head. And this beer has no head on it. No head. And I would say it's it's not clear either. No, it's got the color of inconsistency of muddy water. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good yeah, that's a good description. It's like uh, it's like uh, lake water, like when you stir up the bottom of the lake, <laughs> and that silt floats to the top for a brief moment. Or, you know, it, if you're if you're west of the Mississippi and you look at some Gulf of Mexico water, yeah. it's maybe something like that. Or if you're like us, growing up in Abilene, West Texas, Fort Phantom water. Yeah, uh, you go stir it with a stick because you got nothing else to do in your life <laughs> other than stir lake water with a stick. <laughs> it's pretty sad. That's what it looks like. It looks like it looks pretty like sad. It looks like a sad mark sitting on the lake yeah. shore stirring water. It looks like uh, like fish tank water, like uh, yeah, like, a little bit. Not, not fish tank is in your local home fish tank, but a uh, like a pond tank. Yeah, that's uh, true. A, a tank on a pond, which for those of you who don't maybe didn't grow up on farm country, a go, tank can also refer to a local pond on yeah. your grounds. Go Google it. Yeah, Google that. Google tank. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you know it's it's hazy. They they said it should be clear according to Imperial Browning, according to BGCP. This is definitely extremely hazy. Yeah. Again, dirty, uh, dirty West Texas lake water. And again, this is a generic brown ale description. It so is. So this is going to be a little bit different. Sure. Uh, flavor should be medium to moderately high, multi sweet or multi rich. Apparently, is one word is a word now. Uh, flavor with chocolate, caramel, nutty, and or toasty malt complexity with medium to medium high bitterness. Mouthfeel should be medium to medium full body. More bitter versions may have a dry, resiny impression. Moderate to moderately high carbonation. Um, carbonation is existent, but it's you know it's it's not like there's bubbles popping up on the sides and a constant stream like no. we've seen in some other ones. These bees uh, are not popping. Yeah, I mean there, there's definitely some carbonation in there when you move it around. Uh, you can see the carbonated uh, sides of it, but it's not it's not one of those like constant almost to go back to your aquarium analogy when you have the bubble maker at the bottom. Yeah, some of those have that, but this does not have that. Uh, and if you stir it, it if you stir it like Mark sadly yeah. stirred Lake Water <laughs> in the bank, I was uh, a bored kid. What can I say? <laughs> then yes, you get a little bit of that, yeah. but outside of that, no. There's it's carbonated enough to fit the definition. I would say, uh, you know. And- Lacing in this glass, I mean, the carbonation on the side of the glass here, uh, the head is retreats quickly. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, to almost use an outdated expression of uh, derogatory expression of like a French army. Um, but, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, like a 90s uh, Republican joke, yeah. like a French army. Um, but uh, it does retreat quickly. It's, uh, it really well, is. Like well, you, you were t- a 90s Republican as you were starting Lake Water, so it's up memories. That's true. Uh, <laughs> but if you do tilt the glass to the side, I mean, the head really just like falls back very quickly into yeah. the glass. Yeah, there's uh, no head at all on it. Yeah, it's it is. It's got that thin white ring. Any which lacing I don't that is there, head. yeah, definitely recedes yeah. quickly. All right, taste taste it up. Here's my first note. It tastes. This is not a bad thing. It tastes like an overripe banana that you would put 
on a peanut butter banana sandwich that Elvis would approve of. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that consistency of an overripe kind of mushy banana. It does not taste like stirred lake water. No, it doesn't taste, <laughs> thankfully, it does not taste like Fort Phantom or uh, Brownwood Lake, like <laughs> right. Brownwood water, right. thankfully. I've tasted that many times in my life, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You get a mouthful. You really of that. have. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, wrestling with the cousins in the water, you get a mouthful of that uh, dirty lake water many, many times. Yeah, I would say it's got a lot of malt up front. It's got really a lot of burnt, sweet. Yeah, a lot of malt. Um, there's there's a touch of boozy quality um, once it settles into the palate, but it's not overwhelming at all. It's the malty, sweet, uh, caramely flavors to you probably more fruity, but to me more caramely. They they're really prominent in this thing. You don't know what I'm going to say. You don't know me. Well, for basing it on the aroma, you don't know me. For basing it on aroma, you don't know me. That's true, I don't. Do I need to go on Jerry Springer's stage and say, <laughs> you don't know me? The Steve Wilco show, or whatever his name is. Steve Wilco? <laughs> Who's the guy that was his uh, bodyguard? His name was Steve. I don't think his, <laughs> name, I don't think his name was Steve it's Wilco. W. It's, I don't know. <laughs> it might be. You don't know. I don't know. You don't know him. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I don't know him. <laughs> pretty sure he's not the guy Maybe who started Wilco, Wilco or something. Though. I don't know. It, it's the well, Steve the guy who started Wilco is not named Wilco. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> I do You know don't that. know him. <laughs> you don't know Wilco. <laughs> but anyway. It's a it's All a right. very well rounded beer for sure. It 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 does have that standard brown ale uh, finish as well. That's kind of in the mix in the same kind of in the same time frame as when the boozy quality hits. Um, it kind of finishes out with that nice that nice smooth uh, tasty brown ale. Uh, brings it to completion. Hey now, exactly happy ending, huh? <laughs> but actually, yes, I, it's very very bready, and this kind of follows in line with my uh, peanut butter and nana sandwich. Uh, analogy here because it's like you have the two layers of thick bread in my case i like a nice wheat bread yeah uh, and this tastes more like wheat bread to me than it's american white bread and you slap some peanut butter and banana between and this is that beer to me it definitely does not taste like white bread that's true no i, I exactly <laughs> you're right that's exactly um, um it does remind me a lot of the uh sam smith's i think it's sam smith's their banana nut uh porter i think it's porter you know okay, they make yeah. You know they make the they make the really good the the uh, organic chocolate beer and they make right. a banana I think it's a banana nut bread beer. Uh, it reminds me a lot of this beer. Uh, just uh, it's a little more you know unrefined. Yeah. Um, this is like a, like a pastry in your mouth for sure. It is. This is a decadent dessert in your mouth. <laughs> um, it's more pastry esque than I expected. It is. It's very very bready. It's very got a very muffin esque quality to it. It does. And it's that's got, not necessarily a bad thing. No, I don't think so either. It. It's a lot. I mean, I expected it to be sweet based on the BJCP. Um, it's not like I wouldn't call standard uh, brown ales like a moose drool. I always they're always kind of my barometer for brown ales because I, I think they're the most mass produced they're, generic brown ale. They're very ubiquitous. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's not an insult to them. I'm yeah. just saying. I, I think if you want just a standard a, a standard brown an ale, American brown ale, yeah, it's yeah, probably I, one. I, I think they're really they're one of the better. They're top of the pops for a standard brown ale. Let me and, put it that way. And they are widely available. Exactly. They yeah. are, at least around here, man, you can get a moose roll just about, I mean. And sure. You can get one in the middle of generic Plano, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can get it anywhere. And I, I like moose roll. No, that's why I'm picking yeah. them. Like I said, they're the, they're the top of the yeah. category. Um, but, you know, this one obviously has the, bear, the bourbon barrel aging and some other things that go into it. But going to back to the moose roll, I don't consider moose roll to be that sweet. No, I think it's just kind of it, it's kind of got that. It's a traditional brown ale, chocolatey standard brown ale. You know, kind of dark chocolate almost, but not not quite as harsh as that. It's but roasty, in that realm, roasty, but pretty kind balanced. of a roasty, woody, 
chocolatey type flavor. This this has a lot a lot of sweetness to it, which is not a bad thing. No, th- to me, this definitely falls in the dessert beer category. It's almost like uh, it reminds me of like a glass of port because it's yeah. like something you want to finish a meal with, maybe for desserts, or if you really like to to hit the the sweetness, then you follow up your dessert with this beer or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, and that, that would definitely ramp up the sweetness. Uh, if you really want to get, and you want to really want to get that type 2 diabetes, maybe you hit uh, a nice half a cherry pie, and then you follow it up with a glass of this or something like that. Because <laughs> uh, this is really, I mean, it's bordering, not, not a bad thing, but it's bordering on too sweet. But luckily, I think the bready quality, the multi qualities, and the booze counteracts it just enough to where it's not over it, the top. It definitely does, yeah. Um, it's got. It also has kind of a candy esque quality to it as well. Yeah, it is. Um, some of the reviews that are out there on Rate Beer, one of them is, uh, "My God, this is an amazing beer." <laughs> All I have to say is that I disagree with somebody else in many ways about it, and they go into debate. But uh, just that that first line, um, I can't necessarily argue with that. Yeah, it's um, it is a it is a damn fine beer. Absolutely, they say, they say it's much better than years past. Maybe this is one of the marquee beers or marquee releases. Can't can't attest to that. And we should note that the uh, Johnny Bravo hops here come in not very strongly, but at kind of at the uh, the roof of your mouth, at least for me. I notice it more at the top of my mouth than I do anywhere else. Yeah. And it's not strong. It's just it's kind of like uh, an angel's fart on the top of your mouth, and it recedes. The, an- the angel's kind of like, hee-hee, and recedes. <laughs> I farted. Uh, one, one of the negative uh, One of the negative comments here said it's like a flabby root beer cream soda. Uh, which soda, which I totally disagree with. Yeah. No, it tastes like weird, cheap candy. I totally disagree with that. A candy. I'll go with you with candy, but weird, weird cheap, cheap candy. Yeah. No, I disagree. Yeah. Not worth $13. Uh, you know, that's a discussion you could have depending on your, you can say that situation. about a lot of, uh, limited releases. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and they're basically complaining that it's a dick move to put it in a box yeah. and charge more, which is kind of what we talked about in the beginning. Yeah. Whether you think that or not. Um, but no, not weird. Definitely not weird. Uh, cheap candy. I would say it's artisanal, handcrafted candy. If free, anything, free range candy. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pasture raised candy. Yeah. I would agree. It's the pasture raised version of that uh, candy of the bank candy I was talking about earlier. They used to <laughs> sell at the Evelyn Teachers Credit Union, not sell, but they would give away at the Evelyn Teachers Credit Union. That as a fat kid, I would grab handfuls of and take it with me. But do you get those same fruity notes in this when you're drinking it? Oh, sure. Or is it more in the aroma? Uh, yeah, I get it on the. Um, uh, yeah, about midway back through my tongue. Up front, yeah. to me, it's still more... To me, it tastes more like an overripe banana and bready and peanut buttery. Pe- I say peanut buttery, but that makes it sound like it's really uh, really peanut buttery. It's more like, to me, a peanut butter banana sandwich, you tend to notice, especially if you use overripe bananas, you notice more of the sweet qualities mixed with the bread that provides less peanut butter, more of a sweet, yeah. sweet hit to your tongue up front. I think That's what it reminds me of. That particular flavor that you're describing that way, to me, comes across more as caramel. Uh, yeah, caramelized banana, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I could see that. There's definitely a, a a caramelized quality there to it, absolutely. And for 13.2, the booze are hid pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. So, ratings. Ratings. This actually surpassed what I expected when I first uh, picked it up. Because I picked it up because it was a special release. It was a brewery we hadn't done. I figured it would have some acclaim and... It is a brewery that has a good reputation, so I figured it's probably not too much of a long shot that this will be a pretty tasty beer. I'll grab it. Didn't even know what kind it was. Just saw, do you want this special release? Sure. Yeah. So I looked it up. See, it's a brown ale. Got a little bit discouraged because, for me, I, I just don't I don't trend towards brown ales. Not because brown ales suck. They're just not 
it's not a flavor that I go for very often. Yeah. As it turns out, this is quite a delicious beer. It has quite a lot going on. I usually think brown ales are kind of bland, but they've done enough with it. I say bland, and it's not really in a bad way. Um, they've done enough with it that makes it really unique and makes it, uh, I don't know, just, just completely different than I expected. I expected a little bit of bourbon flavor and a kind of standard brown ale, but they've added a malty quality and a caramely quality to it that make it almost almost a dessert beer like you've said. So for me, man, uh, you know, probably the fifth or sixth Firestone Walker beer I've had overall, they've all been good that I've had. Uh, but this one, this one's a standout for sure. And I would give this one a 4.75 out of 5. Really good, solid beer. So the first thing I'll note on this beer is that uh, one thing I think they could correct in this beer, and this is just on the box, the paper box, and the bottle itself, it says uh, 2017 Bravo Vintage. Now, if you're referring to it as a vintage, okay. Right. When I think of vintage, I think of old school, yeah. things like that. This should be 2017 Bravo Contemporary. That's just me. If you're saying it's a vintage of... I think they're saying it's right, a fine. vintage of. Yeah. I just don't like that descriptor. Sure. Minor, minor quibble. Minor quibble. I'm going to knock off about three points. Just yeah, right. exactly. Uh, name of this beer is definitely peanut butter nano sandwich. That makes, no it surprise. A, makes it a garbage beer for you. Yeah, it's it's complete garbage. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just a garbage fire of a beer. Yeah. Um, I'd never have this beer again. Right. This is one of the best beers we've ever had on the show. This is up there. It well, borders on being too sweet without going there. It is definitely a dessert beer category for me, which is not my favorite, just because I'm, you know, I don't typically go for more of the, I go for heavy beer without being too sweet. Whatever that is, what it is. See, I kind, um, of, I kind of figured this would fit you more than me because I tend to go for the drier, hoppier beers more than you do, and you tend to go for the stouts and the sweeter beers. I like a heavy beer, a heavy stout beer, without being a dessert beer. Okay, fair enough. But I think this lines up perfectly. If you're talking about dessert beers, I think this lines up perfectly with a dessert wine or something like a port. I think it's perfect for an after dinner drink. Sure. Uh, this is very akin to wine, and it should fall. For all the acclaim that wine gets, more cred than it gets, more than, than beer gets, I should say, um, it should be up there with any of the, the best wines that I've had. I'm, get, I'm not a venophile by any stretch, but this is better than many wines I've ever had. True. And I like wine. not an expert, but this is better than most ports I've ever had. Um, yeah, we're, we're supposed to be the barbarians that drink beer. And yeah, The refined exactly. uh, Fraser and Nileses of the society <laughs> exactly. drink the wine. Uh this, I mean, I gotta say, I'm really blown away by this uh, Firestone Walker beer, the Bravo. Uh, very pleasantly surprised, and I'm glad it lived up in in uh, to all the the acclaim that I've heard so far. I'm glad it happened to just show up on the day that they're releasing it. Yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I really like this beer. I did not expect, given the nose of uh, the very boozy quality and the very um, more of a cherry pie to me flavor to to see it transform into something that to me spoke more to uh, overripe bananas in a good way, um, and the bready qualities are really balanced. It man, and you um, usually speak to overripe bananas. In I do. I'm always I'm always talking to overripe <laughs> bananas. Hey guys, how's it going? Hi, banana. You overripe? Huh? It's Mark again. I'm gonna peel you real nice. Yeah. Oh, you got a lot yeah, of black spots on the outside. Yeah, those black spots. It's gonna be so overripe. So much bruising. Yeah. You like it when I bruise. You're going on don't the peanut butter sandwich. Like you like it when I'll peel you. It's basically the Pat O'Brien uh, tape. <laughs> 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 yeah, mm, banana. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, no, this is a damn fine beer. Uh, congrats, Firestone, Bravo, Walker, Bravo, Firestone, Walker, 2017 Vintage, Bravo, Walker. Bravo on the Bravo. Huh? Bravo on the Bravo. <laughs> I think this is a beer that Johnny Bravo might also like. He might. So, uh, Although he's fake. And uh, Johnny Bravo from UFC and the cartoon character Johnny Bravo, <laughs> they might both like this. They might. Uh, I'm going to give this beer a patented five out of five. Wow. Giving us a final score of 4.875. Ah. Well, thanks for listening to episode 106 of Brew Bloods. Thanks for listening. I appreciate all your support. Uh, if you would do us a favor, if you have a friend that enjoys listening to things and beer and podcasts. If you have multiple friends. If you have many friends. Share with all of them. Even if you have just a friend. If you right. don't have any friends, you should go make a friend and then tell them about Brew Bloods. We'd appreciate it. If it's your grandmother who got a smartphone doesn't know how to subscribe to podcasts. <laughs> subscribe to the Brew Bloods. Just put us on there anyway. And you should turn your grandmother into beer. We could be a, we could be a nurturing voice to her in the That's home. Right. Frankly, your, your grandmother doesn't have much time left. <laughs> you should introduce her to good beer. Exactly. So she has something that she can enjoy in her last days in the home when you don't come to see her ever. Right, exactly. But that's something you guys can bond over. You can come once a week. <laughs> over podcasting. Podcasting and beer. You guys can listen to it together. Uh, exactly. You're getting your grandma just blasted out of her ass <laughs> as she's eating Jello and drinking a Firestone Walker. Bro. Right, exactly. Absolutely. Uh, if you would do us a favor too, if you enjoy the iTunes, uh, we'd appreciate it. Just go leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. No, I, I know iTunes sucks. It's a terrible interface, but uh, yeah, we'd appreciate it. It's, it's what we have. Check us out on social networks, uh, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you have any feedback on the show, you can uh, email us at brewbloodshow at gmail.com, and you can call us at 469-573-BEER. That's 469-573-2337. We'll catch you guys next week for episode 107. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brew Bloods. For Dustin and Mark. For Mark, I'm Dustin. Probst. Probst. <laughs>